You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Hello, and we, oh shit, we didn't do a test. <laughs> Give me a sound check. <laughs> right, the laughing's good enough, I guess. Testing one, do. Okay, I think we're good. <laughs> you martyred the intro. I, I'm martying everything. Well, it's because I listened to the episode that I was on. They're going to be releasing it. <laughs> and he sent me I, I thought copy. that was lost to the ether. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was beginning to think he actually listened to it. <laughs> And decided against it. But nope, he put it out. That said, son of a bitch, deleted. Like, we make fun, well, me being me, make fun of Marty for intros and exits and all that. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> I was on their podcast. And there, he's going to be releasing the second part wherein we talked about Secret Wars. We also talked about how... We primarily, me and, and the others too, a little bit, we're talking about like where maybe comics should go in terms of how they're presented instead of having constant reboots. Just anyways, you listen, you'll see what I mean. Yeah. And, uh, but he cut out all of the ending that was ridiculous and just made it this nice polished exit. And we can't be having none of that. I actually recorded that episode that I appeared on. <laughs> I have all the raw files for for today's episode. That's right. I already warned him. (laughs) So after we're done here, if you have like 15 minutes to spare listening to someone stammer over an exit, I I got some good (laughs) stuff. (laughs) I'm about to feel better about myself. You are. You are. So that's why whenever I screw it up now, it's (laughs) I could screw it up pretty damn bad. And I still feel good about myself. (laughs) Anyways. Hey. Welcome to the Comic Book Informer Podcast. It, it, well, it's the first one of the year, so we can have a little bit more fun with it. So it is Tuesday, the 5th of January, and we are actually, I have been looking forward to this topic for a while now, because we have been giving a lot of well-deserved praise for Star Wars series right now that are going on, be it Star Wars or Vader Down. I don't know if you read the couple of annuals recently, too. They were pretty damn mm-hmm. good, actually. I enjoyed them a lot. So a lot of love in there, but we haven't covered Kanan enough. It's no longer the last Padawan, last few issues. It's just been Kanan. And I think that's a gross injustice because I like the writing in this almost as much as Vader. That's how much mm-hmm. I like it. And now well, part of that for of me that too is also be because that, of Rebels. Yeah, that I, you know, I'm the one that does the majority of the show planning. And since I haven't been watching Rebels, that's the reason we haven't talked about it mostly. Yeah, but so, I haven't covered so too many. So I, I would either. like to thank you for finally giving me the push to dive into both the comic and the show. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. We Rebels, and by that I mean, of course, for people unawares, the animated show that's put out. Rebels came out right around the same time as we finished Clone Wars mm-hmm. and we'd binged watched all, all of those. And then it was like, boom, Rebels. And as I, I'd said before, I didn't think the Rebels was nearly as good as Clone Wars mm-hmm. when it first started. And, but we stuck with it because it was still good. It was still yeah, a lot of fun. Especially someone like me. Like I didn't even give it the chance because I don't even get that TV network. Right. 
Okay, well, that'll do. <laughs> I had to do a little bit of digging to find some of the episodes. So, like, when it came out, I was like, okay, clearly they're going for a very different audience than they captured with Clone yeah. Wars. I'm like, okay, cool. Do your thing. I, I'm not going to concern myself with it. But second season ramped up. No second kidding. season is fantastic. I'll tell you, like, when you told me, hey, watch some of the episodes of Rebels, I was like, okay. The first episode I watched was the beginning of season two. Like, I just skipped right. the first season. Like, I can catch up. You know, not that big a deal. Re- read a Wikipedia article, and I was like, I'm good. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. <laughs> it, it told me everything I needed to know so that I could watch the first episode of the second season without being confused. Yeah. And, and not, not to say, like, I don't care about the stuff in the past, but you gave me two days to watch two seasons of a TV show. I had to, I had not to true. improvise. Not true. I told you, like, on Saturday. So okay. four days. You could have watched some today on lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, season two of it has been really good with some episodes being almost on par with some of the best that we saw in mm-hmm. uh, Clone Wars, in my opinion. And I hope no, I, I Clone Wars pretty high. I haven't watched a lot of season two, but I've, I've watched you know a handful of episodes. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really good. So because in Rebels, you follow... Kane is is in there as well. He is the he's the Jedi and his Padawan is the young kid. And I mean, it kind of in especially in the first season focuses a lot more on the kid than on mm-hmm. Kanan and the rest of the crew. However, that really in the second season has changed dramatically and we're seeing a lot of very very cool stuff. So again, when it, when you tie that in with the comic book series now, you really have a, a much deeper appreciation for both of these, be it the comic as well as the TV series, because the comic book has not just dealt with um, Kanan when he was a Padawan and then Kanan later on when he's kind of, he, he has been forced out of the Jedi Temple because it was destroyed. It's not like he did something wrong. <laughs> and uh, But you also see him as an adult with the crew from Rebels. So the, 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 the synergy between the two of them is really great. And then, of course, if you have read the comic book, suddenly the series means so much Let me more. tell you, I read the issue uh, where his master is killed. Right. And then, no lie, like the very next thing, I, like the very next day, I watched the episode where they met Captain Rex and he had to tell Ezra about Order 66. Yeah. And it was just like, it blew my mind. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, because, you know, in, in the show, like, yeah, it's a couple lines and it expects you to like know like what he went through and what happened with Order 66. But having just the previous day read the issue where they showed you exactly what happened to him in Order 66, it, It took it to a completely different level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You feel a lot more for the characters because you have that time with them invested. And each. Okay, go ahead. All credit to the writing. I was so like into the story and like into Kanan and his relationship with the master. (laughs) When it gets to the end of the first issue and it's the emperor issuing the Order 66. I completely forgot. (laughs) I knew the whole point of this series was, yeah, all the Jedi are killed and he somehow escapes. And yet halfway through the first issue, they made me completely forget about it. See, again, because we had just finished watching Clone Wars, I was in that mindset of that time frame. So as I'm reading through, I got it immediately. 
I was surprised that it came about as quickly as it did. Because, well, first freaking issue. I thought they'd kind of wait a while before diving into that. And it's like, no. And it, and what it did for me as a reader looking at this is it gave it implied that same urgency that mm-hmm. is present with the kid escaping, trying to survive after what happens. And of course, for people who don't know, that's when the emperor essentially turns on all of the clones and suddenly they are no longer with the Republic. They're with the Imperials. And they go on a killing spree. Like, this is just mass slaughter, taking down all of the Jedi as well, the Jedi Temple, everything. And this occurs on the planet um, Collar. Killer, Collar, whatever we want to call it. And, <laughs> and um, he, Kanan, who at the time was called Caleb Doom, was on the planet with his master, who was, again, Depa, Depa, whatever we're going to call her. And they're on this planet, and they've got a mission, and that's when the order comes, and basically he is lucky to get out alive. But, of course, the Master doesn't. Nobody anywhere else does as well. And you follow him then in further issues to see him trying to investigate if there's anybody alive, whatever kind of thing, and then his escape in that shuttle that he steals. Writing right from the get-go is so bloody tight that, Mm -hmm. like, it, again, assumes you know the lore for what's going on in the Star Wars franchise. We don't need to give you much filler. Boom. You're going to hit the ground running just like this kid. And I dug that. Yeah, it's what we talk about, you know, a comic that gives its audience some credit, you know, as as compared to like the 80s comics that we read that forget, you know, giving you the backstory before the first issue that give you the backstory before every yeah. issue. And it it just assumes like if you're reading this comic, there's a good chance you already know what's going on. So let's just get to the important part. The I had kind of fallen behind a little bit, so then I read a, a, a chunk. And because of how the stories are presented as well, it kind of works better with this series. I did the same thing later on as well. The The chunk that I had read then was looking at his escape, so after the first couple of issues, and when he partners up with Janus, Casimir. Mm-hmm. And that's the guy whose ship he stole, and then eventually he tries to get back into his good graces by helping him. And he partners up then with him, and he's just basically think of a, a smuggler slash bounty hunter and almost kind of, well, bounty hunter is a little much, but a smuggler kind of character. And so he partners up with him and he has to essentially trade in his lightsaber for a blaster. And he goes through this really good, I shouldn't say good, but it's well portrayed transition of that young Padawan who is still very questioning and, and even questioning authority at the temple beforehand. And now you see how that character is not just there, but getting even a little bit more pronounced because it has to for him to be able to survive. And not only that, but somebody who's only known one thing their entire life and had that ripped away from them in the most horrific of fashions and just they did a great job of making me feel terrible reading this comic of this kid because what was he like 12 maybe at the time Order 66 came through? maybe 13 or so, but still a kid that's just lost his entire life. Basically it was, it it was very, very well done. Well, not just his entire life, but it, it does a good job portraying to 
the impact of having lost his master that he was able to really look up to and bond with in the short time that they were still together. And again, that's the pacing for that is easier to portray in a series like Rebels were instead of uh, Deepa, Depa, whatever. And and him, we got Kanan and the kid, which, oh, what the hell is the kid's name again? I Ezra. Ezra, right. And so it's kind of interesting. And, and I keep going back to Rebels, the series, because once you see this and you see what he went through, what he went through to change and become essentially a Jedi smuggler, it makes a lot more sense than when you see him in the the TV animated series, a lot more sense. And mm-hmm. then when you follow that through and look at what he has gone through, like with the clones constantly chasing after him and nearly killing him as well. And then with the flashbacks as well that you see a little bit more oh, of the, when he's... The stuff they do with the, the way the time hops yep. around in the comic is actually like really adding to it because, you know, you start off in the past with you know him and you know finding out what happens to order 66 and then bringing him to the point of the show and then now he's with the crew with uh, on the ghost and he's injured and then they're flashing back again to an earlier point than where they started where you now know that these people are going to try to kill him but you're still involved in the story of the friendship he's forming with the clones yep and it's true. And that went over several issues where you're seeing the people, different people in those culto chambers healing. And there's like, at points, there's him as a kid, there's there's his master, and then there's him as an adult. And between all of the flashbacks, it's always really well transitioned, and you never question it either. And then that gives you a lot of the story of how he became friends with his master, well, even how he became the Padawan to this master, and her character and how how quote unquote damaged she is because of that failed mission when she went up against General Grievous and suffered like ninety percent casualties. So you really get a, a strong sense of that bond and what it means leading up to when he's that adult in the same chamber now because of himself getting hurt. Again, really, really well handled. Yeah, I would be okay if they keep popping around the timeline like this, you know, giving us the important stories when they're important to the character. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like I was saying earlier, too, like it's all of these things in the comics that then make you appreciate who the character is later on. Because in the series, he's not your stereotypical Jedi, you know, the the calm and composed and, and, and knowledgeable even because you realize... He only had a master for a very, very short while. Sure, he was taught some things beforehand when he was a youngling, but he still didn't have all of the training that would have made him himself be an actual Jedi. Mm-hmm. And so when you're, you know that, and, and again, once you see everything he's been through, especially the stuff that went on, again, on the different planets that he does not want to go back to because of the memories of those places and, and the people he's screwed over in these places as well. <laughs> and then you can see those same kind of things in the TV series. I mean, if you we've played the games as well and have seen enough of the shows and things like that, that one of the things that stands out is the idea of, you know, a Jedi comes across an inquisitor. inquisitor. They're not going to back down from a Sith. They're going to fight them 
he runs. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> grab your little slingshot as we're getting the hell out of Dodge and takes off. And so this second season has seen a lot more with Inquisitors in it, whether it was at the medical space station where Sabine was there with Ezra and uh, and what's his name, Furry Dude, and they were trying to get supplies and they ran into some there. And then you have the blockade that was going on as well. And then when they were trying to find out why the Inquisitors were stealing the Force-sensitive infants and so they're going up against them again, like there was some... Really, really cool stuff there. And you can see also how his idea of running from them has impacted not just the obvious crew members, but especially Ezra as well, who's always been this spunky kid that wants to fight against everybody, the world. But while he still has some of that, he also has in the back of his mind those teachings from Kanan. And it's like, yeah, let's get the hell out of here kind of thing. <laughs> and then the other obvious things, too, is that we are starting to see more of the regular canon Star Wars characters that we know coming into this. Case in point, Ahsoka being there as more of an adult, and she's investigating Vader. And so when you see her there, it creates a very, very cool dynamic because, again, here's a character who, while not in the movies, has had such a profound impact in her time in Clone Wars that now to see her as a very powerful adult is cool as hell. So two things. First of all, Vader was freaking awesome in the series. Yes. <laughs> and like, even though they're, they moved from Cartoon Network to a Disney-owned channel – it still has an edge that I wasn't expecting. Like that first episode when Vader almost makes Ezra cut off his own head. Like it, 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 it caught me by surprise. Like it's definitely more stylistically uh, aimed towards kids than star than clone wars was, but thematically it's pretty much still the same, which I find very interesting. But does Ahsoka know who Vader is? I believe she does. Okay. But it's never really said. Okay. But again, she senses him and he senses her. You would think uh, somewhere yeah, she in has there. to know. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you see her taking on the Inquisitors? No, I haven't gotten that far yet. Okay. You got to watch that. And that's where the, uh, without spoiling anything, that's where you really, again, as someone who has read the comics and watched Clone Wars and the movies and things like that, you see what the impact of that Jedi training has done for her versus Kanan who hadn't and Kanan who's like get the hell out of here and run and she's taking on the two in glorious fashion <laughs> and it's like oh that was awesome holy crap that was cool so that is pretty much it unless you have any parting thoughts for that no I think uh, we've covered it yeah it's I cannot recommend it enough it's very very well done you don't need to be watching the animated series to again appreciate it at all but if you are it really 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 helps you have a further appreciation for both of them there's a friend at work that the only comics he has ever read in his life are the new marvel star wars comics because he's a huge star wars fan so every week like on thursday he'll come did, did you read the latest star wars comic yet it's like did you, read, did you read the latest issue of kanan i was like no i still haven't read that one he's like oh why not it's like because i still haven't watched rebels he's like what's wrong with you <laughs> i agree i definitely agree okay let's move on to what we are reading um 
I actually have some that are older because I was getting caught up. And well, it's been a few weeks so, as well. Yeah. But did you read the, uh, and I'm not going to say latest because I don't know if it is the latest, but the third Doctor Strange mm-hmm. where he's running around all naked. <laughs> They're not at all. <laughs> I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Once again, Bacalo is like, it's like he was made to work on this series. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. As much as we loved everything he did on X-Men and everything else, this, you look at it and it was like, because of the brightness of the colors, the imagery and everything, it's like, again, this is his sweet spot for sure. And he's doing and such a good job. Same thing with Aaron as a writer. Cause he can, he, he's obviously building like a solid story behind everything that's going on. But when it comes to sheer absurdity, He's also one of the best around. Yeah. So bloody awesome. I loved it. I thought it was hysterical. I loved it. Did you read, and I believe this is actually the latest Chew, number 52? Mm-hmm. Very interesting developments. I, again, we're talking about flashbacks and all that. <laughs> they do this periodically in Chew, obviously, all the time. Layman does. And I can rarely would say, uh, I didn't like the way they handled the flashbacks. It's always awesome. Well done. This was great with all the stuff going. Well, this is the first flashback that hasn't involved Tony eating somebody. Yeah. So really, really, I love the Pope stuff <laughs> as well. Chicken is doom. <laughs> I have to say though, the various mechanics, mechanical bits on people getting a little extreme now it was one thing when you had his uh, colby with the face and different things and the claw hand was like all right i i am 100 percent pro robo centaur yeah the the kangaroo bottom (laughs) (laughs) so so you actually haven't read the latest latest one then i guess not they do an even bigger flashback. Oh, all right. What does it all mean? Oh, are they on the writing in the sky? Because that's what this was leading up to. We come to find out that somewhere in human prehistory, something went very awry that is now trying to self-correct. Hmm. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll be reading that soon enough. I shouldn't say latest because once again, I'm not sure if it is or not, (laughs) but the third part of the reboot for Invincible. Oh my God. (laughs) So yes, you read it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Once again, we've, we've talked about this so many times before and the cliche isn't the evil part. It's how it's handled and far too often, not so well. I freaking love this. I loved how it was handled and I love that he makes a very difficult choice that as a parent, I know that I can attest to as well. What's funny is that as of late, like it's, it's one thing to look at everything you've gone through and then you kind of think about it. Like, would I change anything that I've been through? Cause we've all been through a lot of crap in our lives. That's how life works. So you would mm-hmm. think that you would change it. But then once you become a parent, you look at it and think, but one little change could result in this ripple effect that then results in either not having any children at all, or most definitely not that child. Because there's just no way in hell that you can replicate 
that one in millions of sperm that gets through that creates this one child kind of thing. And he kind of addresses that in there. And it's funny because, again, as now a grandparent, it's even further removed because I, I look at it in that like it might have taken quite a bit to change it so that I wouldn't have kids. But now I can look and it's like, oh, my God, a tiny, tiny little change would have resulted in not only that, but maybe even no grandkids and things like that. And so the way that he talks about it and addresses it is bloody awesome. I absolutely loved it. And again, with the Kirkman ending of completely different from what we expected and all of our preconceived notions of where the story was going are just thrown in the garbage now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. He does on this comic a better job of keeping things fresh and interesting than anywhere else. It might not always be the best. I mean, it's always good. It's frequently great. But no other comic keeps the fans guessing as much as Invincible does. Yeah. Lastly, I hate Fairyland, number three. <laughs> when I read the bit with the narrator, <laughs> the oh, narrator's guilt, <laughs> it was like, it's narrator. <laughs> For people who don't know what I mean, when we do our D&D sessions on For the Lore, Vince is our DM, so he is narrator. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, From you couldn't have framed it with the blood splatter. <laughs> I was like, that is one of our sessions. <laughs> so it was awesome. But I mean, once again, entire issue was fantastic. Every, every bit of it, every from the queen and the tree and the, the different people, the, the, the mushroom people, the, the, the bug, the that fly, did, his, his family. And, and <laughs> I, this series is so bloody good. Oh, God, I love it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right, well, bringing things back around to Star Wars, Anakin and Obi-Wan. Oh, I didn't read that one. Pretty cool. Definitely interested. <laughs> in one issue of this comic, Anakin gets more story development he has in all of the movies combined. <laughs> Like they did more in a couple of pages to like establish his character and show like his leanings like away from true Jedi teaching than any movie could have ever tried to do. Like it, it it's great, great character work with Anakin. Cool. Okay. And it's the very, very early days of the Clone Wars. Right. So even like before the actual Clone Wars series. Right. Injustice is back. Yes, I haven't read that one. Uh, year five has been, you know, it's only been two issues so far, but cool stuff going on. But the Injustice Annual, the wrap-up of year four and lead into year five, came out this past week, written by Tom Taylor. <sighs> okay, then. I should not have liked a Plastic Man comic this much. <laughs> this was awesome. <laughs> It it took a character, I'm trying to think, I'm assuming you have no idea who Plastic Man is. Yes, I do. Okay. It's a character we've always been told has amazing potential but never lived up to it. You know, the, his powers are nearly limitless, if you will, if he you know puts his time and effort into it. Well, this is an issue of him putting 
effort into using his powers and basically schooling the entire Justice League by himself. Hmm. Great stuff. Okay, cool. Uh, the first issue of the new Dragon Age comic, Mage Killer. Oh, I haven't read. I am behind, obviously, mm-hmm. but no, I haven't. Read this is something yet. I think we talked about it on For the Lord, not CBI. Yep. How Greg Rucka, in addition to being a great comic book writer, is a huge fan of Bioware games. So it definitely shows through here that he has both the writing skill and the knowledge and passion about the content to really make it work. The first page, almost the first panel, just reading it, I was instantly transported back to Thetis. Right. Like, he just nailed it. And, of course, it's about mages and, you know, the role magic has in that world, which is incredibly important, more so than just about any other fantasy world. It's not just a, a power source, but it's really the social and political structure of the world as well. So he dives into that and... Absolutely nails it. Cool. Artwork is fantastic as well. I don't think I've ever seen a Dragon Age comic book where it wasn't. True. Yeah. And finally, Pretty Deadly. Right. Came back. uh, Second issue of their, you know, second season, if you will. The first issue, I read it, but it didn't work. Not because it wasn't good, but just because it had been so long since the previous issue, I forgot what the hell was going on. Not to mention they did a time skip from, you know, post-Civil War Western to now World War One. So not only is it characters I don't remember, it's unfamiliar characters that I don't remember. But uh, the second issue of, I think it's issue seven overall, seven or eight. I, f- I forget how many issues were in the first volume things finally started clicking for me mentally. I was like, okay, yeah, this is that person. That's that person. This is how things work. I I was remembering what happened in the first run instead of going back and reading it like a smart person would have. (laughs) And damn, Kelly Sue has built such an amazing mythology with, you know, her, her version of death and the Reapers. And it's a special comic. It's a modern day fairy tale. Not in the Scotty Young variety. (laughs) (laughs) And now that I'm finally like mentally back in place with everything, I'm really, really enjoying it again. Cool. That's it for me. All right. Good enough. So coming out this week, we've got from the Marvel side, A-Force number one, Amazing Spider-Man 1.2, Vader 15, Doctor Strange number four, Guardians of Infinity number two, Invincible Iron Man number five, Obi-Wan, and oh no, you you already read it, so obviously that came out already. Uh, Spider-Gwen number four, Spider-Man Deadpool number one, Star Wars 14, Totally Awesome Hulk number two, Ultimates number three, Uncanny X-Men number one, and Weird World number two. On the DC side, we've got Action Comics 48, Detective 48 as well, Detective Comics, I should say, 48, and Green Lantern 48, and then Batman Beyond number eight, and Swamp Thing number one of six. Ooh, new Swamp Thing comic. Yep. And then from Image, we've got Paper Girls number four, Bitch Planet number six, finally, and Four Eyes, Heart of Fire number one of four, which sounds really bloody awesome, actually. And then from everybody else, Last Contract number one of four from Boom Studios, so a uh, professional killer kind of story, which sounded actually fairly cool. And Star Trek Starfleet Academy number two of five from IDW. So all good stuff. Make sure to stop by the site at comicbookinformer.com, check out the show notes, and you can leave us any comments you would like there if you'd like to suggest something we read or force somebody to read. 
Because <laughs> it happens. You can check us out also on Stitcher and on iTunes. Oh, damn it. I didn't take care of the Stitchers. Mm. I mm. checked, though, because I had to validate your... Because you lie. So I had to validate... Was he actually lying or not? Because I swear to God, I was positive that I'd put it on. So I checked it. I just haven't actually actioned that by adding it. But I, I will try. And you'll <laughs> exclamation marks three of them there you go it will be done now because i have my note so there you go you can find us on Twitter. <laughs> i can't oh talk about martying up the entire yeah, yeah, episode figure it out marty come on yeah you can find us Take on home. twitter at cb informer or individually you can find vince at Smodian and myself at zen buddhist and that is a wrap stay tuned after the the uh, the music just for some really funny stuff because <laughs> marty sucks <laughs> Although I shouldn't say that after I script our own ending. <laughs> but I'm man enough that I'm going to leave that shit in there. Take that, Marty. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure maybe he tried to make it work, tried to do some editing, and then no. realized there was no salvaging. <laughs> There's no way to fix that. Or just you'll see when I put it in because I am. <laughs> I'm putting that in. <laughs> Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast. Um, so what I might end up doing is splitting this into two episodes. Um, That's probably a good idea. It might be the best thing. And then we'll add uh, the Quizmaster bit uh, to the end of the Pullbox one and put this as the uh, Secret Wars one and might release this. Uh, I don't know when we'll release it, but we'll release it pretty quickly. Or hold on to like when we're also fucking tired that we can't do it. Um, um, oh, but hold on one second, one second before we go. Uh, it is fairly relevant, so time yeah. relevant. So that's the thing. Like, do we do we hold on to this? Is this is a this is a sausage making kind of question, right? Like, are we going to do this when we do this? Is how are we going to handle it? Um, okay. Let me get back to the show bits. Um, so that's a very actually, it's pretty. Let me start over. That's been a great conversation about our feelings about Secret War, permanence in comics, death, the rise of the indie book. There's a lot to unpack there. And I think everybody gets a gold star for the day for the way we handled that, except for Nick, who had to leave. He fails. Um, Before and then the rest, I think like I could. It is, it's eleven o'clock my time now, and I've got to walk my dogs, or I'm going to get a text message from Shannon saying you need to walk the dogs. Marty, just just use the plug and play outro.
We don't really have one. I don't actually be that. How can I, you I, not just cut that from another episode? We've recorded it 20 over 23 times. It's because it's I don't like any of them. They don't they have to be part of the show. Fine. They're not no. They're fine. No, because in like episode 22, I could have used the standard outro, right? Instead, I've got Nick deadpanning a lyric from Fat Bottom Girls. <laughs> To a funky English bass line. That was fun. Um, I think that before we record podcasts one of these weeks, we just need to do a couple of different outros because sometimes it's 11 o'clock at night and you have to walk your dogs. Um, is there any... Okay, before we go, is there anything anybody wants to make sure we get on to the episode? <laughs> Other than, you know... Roger, Roger, you should actually, we would love it if you could record just where you can, like an outro for yourself, like where you can find the Comic Book Informer podcast, any social media links or anything you want to do, and that would be super helpful. I can do that. Do I do it now? Oh, you want it now? You can. (laughs) Well, she just said you can do it later. I can do it after. Or you can do it now. You can do it now or do it later. I usually edit on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. No wonder it takes you so long to edit. (laughs) You have no way to end, no idea how to end a show. (laughs) Oh, no. Here, the last episode 22, there was like 10 minutes of me trying to figure out how to end the show. I don't even, we don't, like, 23 episodes in, how do we end the fucking show? I don't There's know. There's a reason I sound exasperated when I tell him just to use the fucking <laughs> intro that we've recorded 20, over 23 times. Oh, oh you, know, you know what? We'll get producer, we'll take producer Tim's ending, and we'll use that. Because left to my own devices, I'll keep trying to make better endings. How about I script a good ending for us like I script for Tim? Oh, my God. And then you'll have it in front of you to fuck up like 30 times. That's, that's fine. Listen, listen. <laughs> this is artisanal podcasting. Oh, God. No, no. This is a burnt potato in a microwave that caught fire. Which we can sell at a high-end restaurant for $1,000. We are not a gourmet a toast here. food truck, okay? Yeah. Oh Which exists here. Yep. Hey, you know what, man? More power to them. Hey, you know what? I can't. I'm not gonna bash. I shouldn't bash food trucks in this area because the other day I got a s'mores that was between two pan, uh, two waffles that were shaped like fish. That is so. Do you work in Ballard? That screams Ballard to me. No, I work in Bellevue. What? Yeah, no, that is so a- exciting for Bellevue. We have our office park is in the middle of a, uh, I want to say swamp, but it's actually like a wetlands and they just have a really good food truck menu. And is there's there a, a park? Place. Is that like a, is that an actual state park? Where no. that is- well, it's, it's not a state park, but the wetlands are actually like a protected wetlands. I've, and there's a frozen yogurt stand in there? No, I don't think so. Okay. Then it's a different complex. There's a place in Bellevue that's like my buddy Mark and Jess, they live there. Anyway, we have gone on to <laughs> I just Twittered. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> the most hilarious thing about this is that when I do the Dorcadia podcast, which is one where we all get together in person and usually drink, we're still somehow more on point while drunk. Oh, my God. 
than this podcast is. Yeah, but hysterical. Whatever. Well, that's because we have Megan screaming at us, and that's helpful. Yeah, I. I, I this is a half hour of outtakes. I'd have to edit all this into outtakes if this was one of my podcasts. Oh God, Marty. Yes. Are you? Are you? I'm, can I? Can I go? Because you need to everybody go. Everybody can go. Else. Everybody can go. We were done. Like uh, Rogers. I was waiting for you to officially be finished and not yell about there, recording the outro. There was anymore. no indication that this oh. was done at any point. <laughs> no point at all. It's Marty, fun. we are not psychic. There, there was fun. no. You're done. Nothing. Go. I'm done with both of you. Get better now. <laughs> I'm done That's with much you. more helpful. See? That is that is actually very helpful. Thank you. That's good. All right. Good. All right. So yeah, just Roger, if you can remember. <laughs> I'm just making sure we're on the same page. I don't know why that's funny. Marty. Yeah. You can good go. Good night. Good night. And let me know Jesus, what I'm happens. trying to go, Hannah. Come on. <laughs> I was going to say, let me fucking know what happens with your doctor's appointment tomorrow. But at this point, I don't give a shit. That's going to be bad. I know. It's going to be bad. Yeah, let me know what happens. Otherwise, good night, Roger. It was very nice to meet you. And thank you for coming on and dealing with us. Likewise. <laughs> you all had fun. Good night. Good night. Good night, sweet Prince Roger. <laughs> okay. That's my new ringtone. <laughs> I want that on your show. <laughs> I can all make right. that happen. Good night, dude. All right. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. 